Hey, Bubba, how you doing? <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> we may have some friends that don't know you. I know, Ben, most people know you and Mama Gloria. And I have to say, I am a terrible substitute. Mama Gloria was supposed to be here doing this teaching or sermon with Archbishop Ben, but she couldn't get her visa. So we're waiting, waiting, waiting. Uh, hopefully she'll be with us soon. If not, we'll book another trip. So tell them who you are, brother. My name is Benjamin Kwashi, and I'm married to one Gloria, equivalent of 10. She's one, but a lot of She's her. a force to be reckoned she with. She is, she is. <laughs> she is. And you have some, some children you've raised? I'm yes. trying to establish your credibility. What I'm to <laughs> we have six of our own that God has blessed us with. And um, there's now over 400 that we're looking after. Um, and by looking after, you don't mean like sponsor kids that you send $38 a month to, which is awesome, by the way. No, but, no, no, no. And you no, don't no. mean you visit them in the orphanage. No, 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 no. They're in your home. There is 72 in our house, 73 now, last week. By the way, I, I think I told you, I saw a little, when I was talking, I saw a little one, and she says her name is Naomi. I don't know her. So that was since I left. So that's 73 now. <laughs> but there is another 350 that we look after, at least we look after them for about 12 hours in a day. We feed them, we clothe them, we give them education, we take out, look after their health care, so we just find dormitories because if I were to bring them all in, we wouldn't have enough space. And the house we are is too small for the project that God has given to Gloria that I am funding. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically you're an expert at child rearing. Is that what we've established, sir? No, no. Gloria is, is an expert at child rearing and you draft her. I th Yes, I think so. I think she's, okay. she's right. Women are, actually. They're amazing. So what this next few minutes is going to be, uh, we're going to go to God's word and we're going to look at scripture. Uh, what does the scripture teach about raising kids? Now, look, James Dobson couldn't make perfect kids in 25 years of being on the radio every day. I seriously doubt we're going to give you five easy steps to have perfect kids because there are no perfect kids because there's no perfect parents. But maybe there are some things in scripture. I believe there are some things that will shape and inform us, uh, whether we have children or whether we're kind of like an auntie or uncle just pouring into someone else's kids. Um, so we, we're going to tell you, we're not gonna, you're not going to go away from here knowing everything James Dobson knows or Jesus knows about child rearing, but some things that, that we know from Scripture and that Ben knows practically having raised a total of, what, 400 or so. Mm -hmm. So first thing before we get to the Scripture uh, I want to say is, uh, I see you, parents. You know, when, when we were raising our kids, I was in my doctorate and hunting and being self-absorbed and occasionally helping. But now as a granddad, I see it. I see you young parents. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. You're doing a great job. Mm. Uh, you're busy. Actually, most of you are way too busy. You have no, not enough margin in your life, which I would pray for. But I see the way you're teaching your children to, to pray and, and you're modeling that and you're teaching them how to read the scriptures. And you're teaching them the importance of worship and serving others and, 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 and pursuing a relationship with Jesus. So we see that, and, and we want to give you kudos. We also see that a lot of us, uh, just like Annette and, and, and I, had this struggle. Um, raising kids, godly kids, healthy kids, is hard. I know Annette and I have been to counseling a few times. Don't tell anybody. Not a shame. We, we need to go. I need to go. Right? When the lug nuts, you know, you got a bunch of lug nuts when they're getting loose and a couple of come off, it's time. 
And so after our second child and after our third child, um, we came to the end of our ropes and we weren't doing a very good job parenting. And we we're kind of, I was getting snippy. I'm sure she didn't. Uh, we, I was getting snippy and I, we need help to raise our kids. And so what I want to say is if you're in that place today, um, the Lord has not abandoned you. He knows. He's the one who gave you those children that demand your best effort. All right, Ben. So what's the first thing we want to teach from Psalm uh, 127? What are children? Look at 127 verse 3. Children are a blessing and a gift. But let me read verse, read it straight verse from the 3. Text. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb are reward. Yeah, some Bibles say children are a gift from the Lord. They're, but a lot of times, parents, honestly, we believe that when they're born. I mean, have you seen young mothers and fathers? Oh, my goodness. I went up to a mom one time and I said, hey, I'd give you a million dollars for that kid. The kid had only been in her hands like seven seconds. No way. How about five million? How about 10 million? How about, she said, there's not enough money. And so you love your kids and you believe that they're a blessing. Some of you have prayed and maybe God brought you a kid a biological child, and maybe he brought one that was conceived in your heart. But children are a gift. Children are a gift. Can we brainwash ourselves with that truth? Children are a gift. Could we also be honest enough to say, and Ben, I know with 400 kids you've experienced this, that sometimes those precious little gifts are difficult, <laughs> right? I mean, if you don't believe in original sin, get around a two-year-old. Mine, mine, mine. <laughs> Right? They hit, they poke, they bite. Some of the first phrase is mine. But what do we have to remember in the midst of that or a difficult teenager or a difficult 20-something, Ben? What do you have to keep in your head so you don't blow up crazy? Always remember, children are a blessing and a gift. And ultimately, whose children are they? They're God's. Do you believe that? Absolutely. And so God has entrusted you with his child. Yes. That's, that's an amazing and humbling honor. And so we know children are a gift. So can we just say it a few times? I want you to know, if you don't hear anything else today, children are a gift. Children are a gift. Children are a gift. They're a gift. Children are a gift. Children are a gift. I wonder how many times I can say it before you all ran out. Children are a gift. 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 You got it? Okay, good. So the next point, Ben. What does the Lord call us to do with our kids? I mean, it's great when they're cute and go, yeah, 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 with all that. But, but what does he call us to do with these children, his kids? The first thing is he wants us to teach the children. He wants you us. You mean to. I have to do something? You have to. It's not an option for parents to be the teachers for a mother and father. The mother especially because the child begins to hear her voice from the womb. And as the child comes out, the first voice the child would hear is from the mom. Hmm. Next is the dad. And the word of God requires that that place of responsibility to teach a child is his place, but he, is, he has given it to us in trust. That's why he gave us a child. It's in trust that we would take that responsibility. The responsibility cannot be another person's responsibility. It's not anywhere else. 
It's not in the media. It's not anywhere. It's with the father and the mother. Yeah, I always joke with our church and say, you know, I don't discipline my neighbor's dog. And on most days, I don't discipline their children, right? Mm. But we are called to love and to discipline our children, to train them, to train them in the way that they should go. Um, maybe you could share from Deuteronomy 6, and I'll share from Proverbs. Yes. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is verse 4 now. Actually, let me start from verse 1, forgive me. You're an archbishop, you can do what you want to. <laughs> I wish it were so. Uh, <laughs> not before the Lord. <laughs> now, this is the commandment the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, that you, your son, and your son's son, by keeping all the statutes and commandments which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long, hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your God, God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontiers between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorsteps of your house and your gates. So Ben, what's really interesting to me is before we are called to train our children, we as parents are called to love the Lord our God. Yes, sir. We are called to be his children. Yes. We are called to be disciplined by him because he only disciplines those he loves, his children. Mm. And so it starts first with the parents. Yes, sir. You can't give out what you don't got, mm. right? And so the call is, um, in America, honestly, I see two very disturbing camps. We call them ditches, left ditch, right ditch. The right ditch is kind of the old redneck thing where somebody just is beating the crud out of their kid and just teaching them a hard lesson, you know, always spanking, 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 yelling at their kid. Um, that's not the Lord's way. Uh, on the other side, the other ditch is, oh, I'm just going to let my kid find their way. I had a dear friend of mine raised in this church, saved from like horrendous drug use and all this, and he so wants to be tender, and he so wants to show the mercy to his kid that he needed when he was coming out of drugs. But I see already this kid at age three or four years old has already got his dad wrapped around his finger. And the kid says, jump. And the father says, how high? Right? And they, there's, there, he has in his heart to discipline his child, but because he loves him, he won't. And I just can already see seeds of rebellion being planted. And so we want to avoid the left ditch of just letting our kids find their own way because Satan will find their way for them. Or on the other hand, being abusive you know, carrying a rod much too often. But Ben, anything else? You want to look at Proverbs? Let's look at those real quick about the, the call to discipline and train. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says this. And it's not really a suggestion. It's a command. It says, you parents are to train up a child 
in the way he should should go. go. Train him up. Train him up. What's interesting, it doesn't say train him up. It says train him up in the way he should go or she should go. So each child is different. Have you noticed some kids, you just look at them. When they disobey, you just look at them. They're like, okay, I give. And there's some that are kind of in the middle and some that are like, really bring it. So each child, the parent has to have wisdom and insight from the Lord on how to discipline and train each of their children. Let's do one more, Ben. Uh, Proverbs 23, 13. Let's go there. It says, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. Ooh. Mm. Well, Okay, because that, that, that verse kind of gives me some palpitations. <laughs> I'm cool with discipline. I'm cool with training. So what do you think about spanking? Like, and, and bring it from, don't, don't tiptoe us because we're Americans. Don't say something. No, polite. I won't. I'm, I'm before the Lord. I have to tell you the truth. I'm on oath. <laughs> the, 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 the discipline that God gives to us um, if you look at Deuteronomy it is one in which it is not just the rod no it isn't one of the things I say to parents is if you don't discipline your child don't send him to the army because if he goes into the armed forces they're going to give him the kind of discipline that he had never seen in his life ever But if you discipline your child from the house, from your home, if he joins the army, he will excel. Because discipline is not about the rod. Discipline, first of all, is the example which the children see from parents. Mm. When you're home, you, you under the word of God regimented, like I said to you, even as an archbishop, I'm under the authority of God's word. My pastors know that. When it gets to God's word, the discipline is strong. I can't go beyond, above, or beneath it. We have to do what the word of God says. So when your children see that, and that's a pattern of life, they met you. And you have your prayer time, your meal time, your sports time, your school time, your assignments time, and that Sweet regimentation is there and they grow in it. That's only one part. The second part is the teaching. Where you read God's word to them, they respond, they memorize, you talk about it, and they see your life conform to the word of God. And the thing I love is that Deuteronomy 6 calls us to teach the way Jesus did. I mean, I don't want to be like that kid. I saw a kid in a PCA church. I was visiting one Sunday, and they had him in a chair, and some guy in a white suit and a black tie was saying, what is the chief end of man? And the kid was giving his, like, memorized response. And no, 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 no. But here in Deuteronomy, they're suggesting a way that we would teach our children not just sitting at a desk, no. but as we're, look at the lilies of the field, Ben. Yeah. Consider Isn't the birds beautiful? of the air. Say, oh, God is great. And you maybe know. when you're doing your carpentry, you use these as teaching examples to children. Because they're open. It's a, it's a tricky way for parents to sneak in. Exactly. Amen. That All right. is it. Mm. Let's go to our next point. So children are a gift. We as parents are called to love and train and discipline our children. Now, God knows we need a safeguard. Because how many guys have been at work 
and it's just not going well, and there's a lot of stress, really more things on your plate than you really should have, and your boss is chewing you, and there's just pressure, 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 and you haven't slept a lot because your kids are little, and all of a sudden it's so easy to come home and tee the kid up like a golf ball. Discipline. Well, that actually isn't discipline. It's just anger. We pour out our wrath, our anger, right? We pour it out on our child. We tee him up like a golf ball. That is not Christian discipline. And so God warns us not to exasperate our children in one scripture. And the other one, he says, don't provoke your children to anger. Like, you can't discipline them. But like, if, if you discipline them an hour later, the kid will have no understanding about why they're being disciplined. And you're going to provoke their heart to anger and bitterness. Yes. So Ben, what do you think about those safeguards? Well, the last point on my other three is that never discipline your child in anger. Every human being has the capacity to control their anger. Every human being, whether you're a believer or not. Mm -hmm. Because you select those to whom you will express your anger and you select those to whom you will not express your anger. That's how we are. But it's even more so when we are Christians, we have the blessing, the gift of the Holy Spirit to guide and control us, but we also have his word. Because in Colossians, Paul asked King Epaphras to, to explain to the church, he says, in everything with joy and thanksgiving in chapter three, all things, and he says, let the word of God dwell richly. Let the word of God be the authority. And, and, and anger and bitterness have no space. What does have space is the love of God. And when you're filled with the love of God, brother, your children know it. They, they, have, they have piercing eyes. Children know where there is love. So if you are disciplining your child with love, the child knows. Amen. Because soon after they forget. And they say, Daddy, can we go and have ice cream? And Amen. you just spunk him for something he did wrong a minute ago. Where there is love, that happens. Uh, Colossians, which you just referenced, it says, children, obey your parents in everything. Amen? Obey your parents <laughs> in everything. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. We used to do this thing like, I'm going to count to three. And I love what Andy Fetzer said in February. He goes, we don't count in my family. Mm. Like, if I, if I ask you to do something, I'm not like here trying to order you around all the time, but... In those rare cases where I tell you to do something, I'm not asking you five times. Mm. I just once. And so it says in verse 20, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. But then in verse 21, there's a great balance in God's word. It says, fathers, really could be parents, but it says, fathers, do not provoke your children mm. lest they become discouraged. Yeah. And so I think we've all administered righteous discipline, uh, but we've also done it in anger before. And I remember once I had to wash my kids' feet because I had sinned against them in my anger. And it's not okay just because you're bigger or older to pour your wrath and anger on your kids. Because I was too lazy to re do real discipline, I waited till the scene was crazy and I erupted in anger. See, that's easy. It takes work and time and space. And Ben, here's the problem. See, every night we go home and we turn on whatever version of the news we like, Fox News, CNN, whatever you like, or we play with this thing six or seven hours a day. We don't even know it's that much. We don't even have any space to have a relationship with our kids, much less to, to teach them on the way, much less have a family dinner. So tell them what you do at your house with your, was it 73 now? 73 kids. 
Well, it's, it's really not my idea as much because when, I, when we got married newly, she, she had this idea in her mind and the things she's read from the Bible. And she's more literal than I am. So she says, Ben, the Bible, what is the discipline there? So we pray in the morning and um, we pray separately in the afternoon and then in the evening. But one of the things she also said is that, look, we must pray for the children we are bringing. Who are we bringing and what for? And we agree we are going to bring our children and we raise them for the Lord, not for us. And then she said, are we going to raise them for Nigeria or for the mission work of the kingdom? I said, look, I think we should raise children for God, for his mission in the kingdom. So if we're going to do that, she insists it's got to be scriptural. So everything we're going to do, as much as we can, I'm the one who always falls. And she's like God's policeman. She'll say, Ben, is that what the Bible says? Then I'm back. She's always there like a policeman, you know. So I'm careful when I'm doing stuff in the Bible because she's always there. She knows scripture. And so, Ben, I watch. And um, so, Mama Gloria and you have approximately 80 people at breakfast every morning. That's a lot of people to cook for, wouldn't you say? I think so. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you also feed a total of, what, 400? 430. 430 at school. So Mama and her team have to make breakfast and lunch. And lunch. So they're cooking for like almost five, over 500 people Every total, day. total meals, Every plus day. do devotions. They do mm. devotions mm. in the morning before they go out. And, and in the evening, I've seen you guys worshiping. Yeah. And, and so the point being is that part of disciplining your children is making time and space to point them to Jesus, but also to be with them. Yes. But, but here's the thing. We're all so busy in America. And we think, oh, the Quashis, they're not very busy. They just live over there in Africa and, you know, just walk around taking care of children. Uh, no one is busier than being Quashi. No one. He's been archbishop over so many thousands, tens of thousands of people. So how many churches at one time did you have? 320. 320 churches. And they have the school that they started. I mean, if anybody has an excuse, they do, but they model for us making time and space. So, in order to do the best things, you may have to give up some lesser things, and you'll never regret it. Now, Ben, I want to end with this. Um, some folks here, your kids are grown. Like if you're, you know, an empty nester like me, some of you know what that is. And you're like, whoo, praise Jesus, we got through that. You know, we raised our kids, honey, we're free. Except for the Bible in Titus 2 really paints a picture of how um, those who no longer have kids in their home or never had kids in their home mm. are to come alongside these young families. If you have eyes to see, do you know what it's like to be a young mom or dad or a single mom or dad and have three or four kids that need diapering and feeding and somebody's got to shop and somebody's got to clean and somebody's got to say prayers and somebody's got to try to teach them about the Lord? And what's the problem with it, Ben? They're overwhelmed. Yeah. So what's God's solution? The first one, I would tell you, bear this in mind when you leave this church. You can only raise children once in a lifetime. Don't miss your chance. The second one is that we are blessed with with a church like this. It's a family, it's a community. I will urge the older Christian people to invade the privacies of the younger Christian people in the church, because that's how we will help one another. In fact, let's not be too quick in a hurry to leave the church compound. Look at someone who's young with children and ask them, what do you do? How can you, can I come and help? I can come and sweep, I can come and babysit for you. And in those babysittings, 
It was one woman who said that grandchildren are so sweet, I wish I had them first. <laughs> now, <laughs> it is in that babysitting, as an older woman, you will be helping a younger woman disciple her and she will repeat the same thing she did when she grows older to another younger person. That's discipleship. That's how it ought to be. We must break away from our Western cultures that inhibit us from having fellowship, real intimate relationships with one another and being helpful. And please don't, be, don't feel you have been belittled because somebody helped you. Throw that away. Receive help when it should come. And we all need help. And the, and the plane's coming to the runway. We're about ready to land. Yes. About ready. But the thing is, Ben, like some of these young parents, they're so overwhelmed. Like they're, they're not sleeping. And it's, it's stressing marriages. While us that, that don't have kids are like, peace, be filled, be warmed. It's kind of like saying to somebody in the military, hey, thanks for your service. Or like somebody at a funeral. Don't ever say this to somebody who just lost somebody. Hey, if there's anything I can do, let me know. Yes, sir. Oh, sure. I just lost somebody near and dear to my heart. I'm crying my guts out. And I'll pull out a list of a 1,000 people that told me that and try to remember if there's anything you can do to help me. No, no, no. You go. You engage. And so what I want to say to you, friends, children are a gift. God's called us to teach and disciple them because if we don't, Trust me, the world already is. They're his kids. It's a gift and it's a privilege to raise kids. And when it's hard, Hillary Clinton is partly right. She said it, it takes a village to raise a child. I think you should say it takes a godly village to yes. raise godly children. Yes. In Africa where Ben lives, they, they have compounds and they have aunties and uncles and grandmothers. And maybe we don't have that so much. So in America, it's even more important that the church be our family. And if you don't have kids in your home and you see Mary Winter, one of the other 35 young moms walking with four kids or three kids or five kids pulling on them, you don't say, wow, looks like you have your hands full. Take them a meal. Offer to do something. Come alongside. Offer to pray or teach. God wants to use us. I'll close with this, Ben. Despair not. God has called you to parent your children. He's, he's given you his word as a God, guide. He's given you his Holy Spirit for the power to parent and his love so that you might love your children. He has given you the church as a family. Mm. And he's given you a brain to right-size your schedule so that you have margin to be with your kids. And I don't mean while you're watching TV or on your iPhone. God loves your children more than you do. Ask him for help and wisdom. This is a prayer he will never refuse. In the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.